This is the Power of Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, episode 118. Today we are in conversation with the author of Broken to Beautifully Whole, Kathy Studer. Hi, this is Esther Julianne McDaniel, the author of When Memories Leave, all about overcoming brain injury and family dysfunction. Dr. Brad Miller is here on the Pathway to Promise podcast, helping you to overcome adversity to achieve your promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You're on the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes every person has a God-given promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, and that you must have a plan and a guide to get there. The Pathway to Promise podcast not only is your guide through the wilderness of depression and disappointment that stand between you and your promised life, but also brings you insights and direction from inspiring, successful thought leaders who have transformed their lives. Welcome to the Pathway to Promise. Now, here's Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to the Power of Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, where it is our purpose to help you overcome adversity in your life to achieve a promised life of peace and prosperity and purpose. We're glad you're with us today, where we try to speak good things into your life and be a voice of encouragement. Our uh, our website is pathwayofpromise.com. We've got free gifts for you there, and you can always check out back episodes of the podcast, which can speak into your life. Today, we're having someone speak into your life, an interview with a great author. Her name is Kathy Studer. She's written a book called Broken to Beautifully Whole. And in her life, she comes at a really upsetting uh, issue that needs to be spoken to from a unique and special perspective. We're talking about issues of depression and PTSD and uh, overcoming anxiety and seeking healing and wholeness, particularly as she dealt with the issue of childhood sexual abuse and found herself in the rather unique position. Well, I call it unique, but really not. She was a hairdresser. She was a hairdresser, and in that environment, she was listening to and interacting with people, uh, not only about, you know, their hair and their beauty and things like that, but about life, about life stuff. And some folks there, one person in particular, noticed how Kathy handled things with a lot of peace about her. And conversations led to one thing that led to another, and they realized that there was some commonality in their experiences, including dealing with the drama and the trauma of childhood sexual abuse. Our story today is about a woman who overcame that and was able to share some good news with other folks, including in her environment as a hairdresser. And let's face it, friends, a lot of these most important conversations take place not in a therapist's office or in a pastor's sermon or in a book. They take place in interactions with our friends or neighbors or people who are good listeners. And sometimes it's the hairdresser or maybe the barber or maybe even the you know a bartender or somebody else in your life who is a good listener, and you can learn something from them. Kathy is one of those people that people have learned something from because she has found a way to process some things in her life to help her find a place of, of peace. Here are the here in our, our podcast, we like to call this 
the promised life of peace and prosperity and purpose. In her life, she attributes to six attributes, which she discovered and she wrote about in her book. And we'll talk about those here in a little bit. And the term she's going to introduce you to called Atsugi. You're going to love this conversation. I'm thrilled to bring it to you. Today, our author guest on the Power Promise podcast, Kathy Studer, the author of Broken to Beautifully Whole. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It is awesome to have you here, Kathy. You have written a fascinating book called Broken to Beautifully Whole. And three words so important there that that come into that, that they're, they're part of your title there. And it's very concisely written title that says a whole lot there. I'll begin with the last word, wholeness is where we all want to go. And what I teach, I like to talk about the promised life, which is, you know, the place we want to be at. But in order to get there, you talk about a brokenness and the beautiful process here. And so let's talk about that a little bit. I've got a feeling that uh, you have some great things to teach us here today, but I know that some of it comes out of your own story. So tell us a little bit about your own story, about how you had some brokenness in your life and how you came to a place of being whole yourself. Thank you. I Many, many years ago, I was broken. And I was broken because I unfortunately was a victim of childhood sexual abuse by my stepfather for six years as a child, from age six to age 12. I started to overcome it when I actually became pregnant with my very first son. I knew if I wanted to truly have success in my life, I had to figure out a way to move through and out of my trauma. So I made that choice. I stepped into healing. I walked through it. Then an event propelled me to write my story. If you would have told me five years ago I'd write this story, I would have told you you were smoking something. This would not happen. <laughs> okay. All right. But, well, there's, there's another story there, but continue on, please. <laughs> so it was divine intervention that made me write this story. And it was a client of mine. I'm a hairstylist by trade. I see clients every four, six, eight weeks. And one of those clients who had a great personality and a nice smile, she actually uh, struggled with some depression and PTSD herself. And I didn't know why. And one day she shared with me the why. She was also sexually abused as a child. She left that appointment that day, came back for her next appointment. And she asked me, she said, Kathy, did you suffer depression? I paused. I told her I had depressed days. I had angst. I had worry. But I didn't. And then she asked me, well, what about PTSD? Again, I paused. I had complete lack of trust with humanity, yet I didn't. And then she said, well, you medicated, right? Again, I paused. I said, well, I know it's beneficial for some. However, I didn't. And she looked me square in the eye and said, you need to write a book, girlfriend. And in that moment and in the days to come, I reflected and went into deep introspection. How did I truly go from my brokenness as a victim of childhood sexual abuse and become whole again? So I started to take notes on index cards and wrote down attributes that I applied, books I loved, 
quotes that empowered me and scripture I do strength from. And with a divine purpose, I was propelled to write my book and share those six attributes that truly brought me to wholeness and reduced my chances of depression, anxiety, or PTSD. Awesome. Well, we'll get into those six attributes here in just a moment. But I wanted to reflect with you for a second of what you just shared there about how you were working as a, as a hairdresser. And it's my observation that oftentimes folks in that profession become kind of uh, therapists in their own right in some regards. Is that a fair statement to, to say in your own experience? That and, is very fair to say. And, uh, and sometimes those things are kind of gossip sessions, but also oftentimes there is some really important stuff that happens. And here's what I also know had to have happened here. This woman who you were dealing with, she noticed something in you, something with you that was some, some cues there, which spoke volumes about your countenance and about your, probably your sense of peace that you had that spoke out of that. So now let's understand how you got there and how then you've wrote the book about it now. And so you process a lot of this. And one of the things I'm really interested in, Kathy, is how you process this yourself and what are some transferable or applicable principles that can go to your client there, as well as to uh, folks who are readers of your book and listeners of my audience here. Absolutely. Uh, the six compelling attributes that I talk about in my book are perspective, resilience, gratitude, self-compassion, faith, and forgiveness. And I gave those to you in the order of which was the easiest for me to start adding in my life and to which was the hardest. The last three that I gave you were by far the hardest and took the longest. We're talking about compassion, faith, and forgiveness were the hard ones for you. Yes. Yes. Self-compassion was incredibly hard when you carry shame, humiliation, low self-worth, and low self-esteem. It's incredibly hard. So it act, for me personally, it took a choice, a mindset, and an awareness to the self-conversations that I had in my head okay. where I was incredibly critical. Well, let's talk about that a second. What then were some of the cognizant bold actions that you took or the actions that you took to break out of that pattern? Because a lot of people, as you know, Kathy, become stuck forever, you know, in some cases in those dark, dark places. But you had to have done something. You mentioned kind of on the periphery, there's a couple of things, but be a little more specific if you can, but some bold actions you took to break out of that pattern. With self-compassion or all of the attributes? Well, just basically to break out of you, you said you were in this kind of this bad place and I'm just interested in, you know, whether maybe it was through these attributes or some of the things that you did, but I'm interested about some of the, you know, you had to get some self-awareness here and then Absolutely. you had to do something, you had to do something about it to break out of this. It doesn't happen unless you assert yourself. And I'm interested in what you did. It may be in these attributes here, but I'm interested in what are some things that you did, or maybe you said something, for instance, a few minutes ago about you went to an event and something sparked in you and that, that helped you process this. But I got a feeling some other things happened before that that helped you as well that this client of yours noticed. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
starting with the perspective, uh, I was fortunate to to have a decent perspective when I was a child. And what I would find, even on the days where the pain was absolutely horrific, if I could find just one good thing in that day, it would reduce my pain. It didn't eliminate my pain, but it would reduce it. And and then on to the resilience. And again, I added these attributes gradually. It wasn't an overnight aha moment of one. It was a gradual addition. The resilience, first of all, just surviving any event makes us resilient. But what I would learn is if I had persistence to a goal and I pursued that goal, even after several failures, that I could build more resilience. And again, what I would learn slowly is when I finally obtained that goal, I could then feel more resilient. And when I added the resilience, again, it was a small reduction of my pain. And I really don't believe for myself it was one of the attributes that totally pulled me together. It was truly all six piece by piece, which is why I use Kintsugi on my cover. Yeah. Um, and then on to gratitude. Uh, I did not start, um, I started to learn in my mid-20s about gratitude and the value of gratitude and reading about the value of a gratitude journal. And it wasn't until my mid-20s when I started that gratitude journal. And what I learned was every night after I would write down those three things that made me feel grateful. Again, it was another step closer to reducing my pain. And then the same with self-compassion. Yeah, that's okay. Go ahead and finish that thought about self-compassion. Well, so self-compassion, like I was telling you, was incredibly hard. Uh, Unfortunately, when we carry so much shame, we have a lot of self-talk. I don't like my hair. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I don't like my body. I don't like my eyes. I don't like my nose. It's, I can't do it. I can't do that. I'm not capable. When we repeat these things, it keeps us in the victim role. And what I would learn after slowly changing my self-thoughts and my self-conversations, it was another piece that slowly pulled me back together. And then faith, faith was really hard too, I'm not going to lie. When you're a child and you lay in bed at night and you pray for this travesty against you to end, and it doesn't for six years, you question how could a God exist? Or I questioned how could a God exist and let this happen to children all over the world? Or if he does exist, does he think I'm bad too and deserve this? Because that's what I thought about myself. Yeah. We just play all kinds of tapes in our head and, and some of it's been affirmed by what we have experienced. And so we have to change the whole message around. And that's what you did by your being taking some action and your self-talk and so on. And, and then you mentioned about the faith aspect of things and uh, just share with me a little bit how, how challenging it was, but also about the, the importance of having 
a spiritual life or drawing on a power greater than yourself in order to affect change. I'm a, I'm a kind of assuming that along the line somewhere, this became an important piece of this. So if you could just share a little bit about the faith aspect, the challenge of it and how important it is for, to, you know, to affect life change. Well, it was a huge challenge. Again, when you ask those questions, it is not a quick, easy trip to faith. For me, it was layers. I was grateful that I had a grandmother who was very close in her faith, and I had a pretty close relationship with her. So because of that relationship, it propelled me to want to dive into the pilgrimage of, okay, does God exist? And if he does... What, what's the value in believing in him? So I studied people who had strong faith. I studied people who had no faith. I read books. I read scripture. And then I was incredibly blessed to go on an Emmaus walk. I don't know if you're familiar with no, it. But I'm, yes, I am familiar with it, yes. It's a walk where you dive into where you are in your own relationship to God. And it was all of those events that propelled me to realize there is extreme value in a relationship with God. There is power in knowing that no matter what tough life events that happen to us, knowing that he is with us, brings us to a whole different level of strength, along with love and compassion. So for me, the biggest value is knowing that, okay, maybe God couldn't stop what happened to me because of free will, but he was with me, which gave me the strength to survive. And he's with me every day going forward. And then yes. the next power with that is because of my faith, I could then begin to consider the possibility of forgiveness, which felt impossible. Wow. Wow. And this goes to just another area. I just wanted to chat with you about Kathy, which has to do with these, the dynamic of the human relationships, the human relationships themselves and how they are a part of both. It is the destructive things that happen to you, the terrible, horrible things that happen to you, the abuse, as well as those factors that are part of the healing and the wholeness process, including the, your client who you had, as well as the folks at the Emmaus Walk, uh, who I'm sure spoke into your life. And maybe there's other folks in your life, uh, important people who love you. I'd just like you to talk about the power of human relationships and helping to impact uh, life change for yourself and, and for others. It's dramatic. It's a support system. So for me, I, the biggest step in the value of a relationship is when my mom found out, she kicked my stepfather out. Hmm. So the, whenever you suffer any hurt, trauma, or abuse, especially abuse, just knowing someone believes. Yeah, she sided with a, you. It's a huge, huge support system. Sure. And then my mom took me to a counselor right immediately to try to take that next step and then supporting me the rest of my life, even when she needed to go through her own healing. And that's a whole nother story. And then, you know, as I went through my teen years, 
I had a couple of friends that I could completely trust. They were the only two friends that I shared my story with. So the value of that relationship of having someone who believes, know someone you can lean on is a key piece for anyone trying to take that next step into healing and then next next step to becoming whole again. And then my husband, uh, when I met my husband and I was able to share the story with him, that relationship was critical in propelling my own journey and him supporting me throughout that journey. I really think that uh, just powerful and encouraging, loving relationships is, is part of the fuel of change. It helps to keep us going, helps to sustain us when we are uh, feeling broken as people. And, and I think it's so, so important. And because you, you know, it was people, it was relationships that uh, helped to break you, but you did also relationships are part of the healing and wholeness yeah. part of things as well. It is. And to make an extra point with that, one of the things I talk about in my book, and I have a chapter on coping choices, we are the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. Hmm. And I encourage people to think about that sum. Who are the five people you spend the most time with? Are those people who lift you up? Are those people who support you? Are those people who love you? when we tend to spend our time with people who don't lift us up or have negative talk or don't support us, it really makes a difference on how we can propel in that journey and who we become. Yeah. If that's part of the message of your book, then it also speaks to uh, the family dynamic and other, other things like that. The people who we spend a lot of time with, if you, you know, if you have a cognizance about how we talk and treat and, tone of voice and all those type of things do they do they do matter in our absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. Yeah. it's huge but right now you're on a crusade aren't you you're here to help other people you're here I through your book and through your website which is really awesome kathystuder.com but you say there that you're on a crusade to share how everyone can find empowerment after they're broken and how you become Kutsugi. And I just need to ask you to unpack that terminology for me a little bit. You said it's also in the cover of your book. So tell us, what does that term mean, and uh, why do you choose to use that in terms of what you teach folks? Kutsugi is a Japanese art form where they take broken pottery and they put it back together piece by piece with lacquered silver, platinum, or gold, because it comes with the belief that when something's been broken, it can be repaired and become stronger and more beautiful. The cracks are meant to be highlighted, not hidden, a means to become whole again and embrace our imperfections. Mm. And I chose that because it is the absolute perfect metaphor for my own healing journey and others as we pull ourselves back together piece by piece because it is piece by piece. It's not a, it's not an overnight. It's not a flip of a switch as much as we would like it to be. And as we pull ourselves back together, we can be stronger. We can be more beautiful. So many times in our life, we want to hide our cracks. 
we want to hide our hurts, hide our traumas, hide our abuse. And in reality, we can highlight them. And then they can propel us to our true potentials and our best selves. Turn your scars into stars. I've heard it uh, said that type of thing. And, uh, and so you, you know, we, and let's be honest about healing itself, even talked of healing of the physical body. You know, if you, if you cut your finger or whatever, it doesn't heal within minutes, does it? It takes time. It takes, it's a process. It is an organic, it is a, it is a physiological process. And same thing with our, emotional and spiritual healing it is a process that takes all these uh, aspects that you've mentioned in in the attributes that you've mentioned i also like for you to speak for a minute about what you do now in terms of the disciplines that you have now or that you teach in your book or habits disciplines things like that how do you maintain this how do you keep it going awareness and a mindset And and again, on all six of the attributes, I think about, and let me just run through each of them. So for me, perspective, I focus on trying to keep a good perspective. Now that means maybe there's going to be a day where I don't have a good perspective, but if I can switch my awareness to my perspective for the day, there's a saying I love, uh, the way we see the world is the way we experience the world. Mm, That's good. And if we can take our focus and keep it towards the positive, it is how we experience the world. And when we get stuck on that negative hamster wheel of negative thoughts, it will be how we experience the world. Resiliency. Uh, I apply it every day in setting goals for myself and persist to those goals. And if I do that, I can keep my resiliency up. And another area to that, and they all connect, all the attributes I'm talking about connect. If we tend to have a negative perspective, it lowers our resilience and our ability to gain strength going through life's tough events. Gratitude, I do my gratitude journal every single night because the value of that is huge because it actually reworks the neurotransmitters in our brain and produce more serotonin and more dopamine. And if we can do things that rework those neurotransmitters in our brain, we can reduce our chances for depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Self-compassion, I'll be honest, that's something I still struggle with. I can find myself going backwards, but again, it takes a mindset and an awareness. Self-compassion is another element that works the neurotransmitters in our brain. And I just, every day I have to be conscious of the self conversations I'm having. Do, am I taking something too personally? Mm -hmm. Am I being too hard on myself? Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not, but it takes that awareness and that mindset. Faith. I, write in my faith journal every night and I read my daily bread to stay connected to God and myself and be aware of the value of that belief and that strength that I can draw upon even when I have bad days. And forgiveness was uh, an element that was incredibly hard. However, 
critical to being the last piece pulling me back together. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing, Kathy, about all those things. It's a choice that we make, isn't it? Yes. Every one of those things is, is a choice. It doesn't happen automatically. It has to be a cognizant, intentional choice to to have a perspective that's more of the uh, of what's possible instead of what is impossible. To it's a cho- choice to be resilient instead of being fragile. It's a choice of uh, be living with gratitude instead of having a, having a bad attitude, or to choose to give yourself self-talk that's good instead of bad talk and to live in faith instead of fear and to, you know, forgive instead of being bitter. You, you sound like you made those choices and now it's coming out to, to other folks like your client in the hairdressing salon and the folks who are reading your book these days. So I did. Yeah. I just want to say something else with forgiveness real quick. Um, Because that's hard for a lot of people no matter what we've suffered. And I just want to add a saying that I love that really made me think of forgiveness differently. Anger and resentment. Hey, holding on to anger and resentment is like drinking poison, but expecting the other person to die. (laughs) Yeah. I've read that one too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love it because it made me step back and look at it. And for, for the longest time I thought forgiveness was about him, my stepfather, but it wasn't. It was about me Mm -hmm. and letting it go was going to allow me to fully heal. Letting me go was what God wanted me to do. Yeah. Cause you can forgive him whether he has asked for forgiveness or not. You, that's, that's on you and that can release things from your perspective. Absolutely. I'd like to bring this back around in, in this kind of way. You've written this book called broken to beautifully whole and I take it that the target of your or the audience that you look to reach with your book is folks who've had somewhat similar experiences. And I'd just like you to speak to any person who might be listening to your voice here today who might be going through some really tough adverse conditions in their life, having abuse or something else in their life. And what would you say to that person? How could you just speak into the, to their life uh, right now, either out of your book or out of your experience that might be, helpful for them to take a first step towards healing and finding themselves as being beautifully whole. Uh, Most importantly, I would want them to know that they do not have to live in the victim role, that they have a choice to step into healing and not only become a survivor, but then step into thriving So many times after any abuse or trauma or really bad hurt, we feel damaged and we can get stuck in the mindset that that's who we are and that defines us, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to define us. What defines us is what we step into, what we become, and we can go from feeling damaged to feeling worthy. We can go from feeling broken to feeling whole again. And to be beautiful in the process, to be a Kasugi, right? To be a Kasugi. Exactly. Yeah. I'm catching Absolutely. on a little bit. I'm catching on a little bit. Well, you got some fascinating work here. And if folks want to be in contact with you, how can they, how can they do that, Kathy? At my website at kathystuder.com, they have every ability to contact me. And your book is available on Amazon and all those kind of places, right? Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Absolutely. All right. It's called 
The title of the book, Broken to Beautifully Whole, our author yesterday on The Pathway to Promise, Kathy Studer. That was just a, a powerful, uh, powerful conversation we had uh, today here on the Power of Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We were talking to Kathy Studer of Broken and Beautifully Whole about her book where she outlines a process, which I think is speaking to your life, of six attributes to hang on to in order to process hurt. In her case, among other things, childhood sexual abuse. And I hope that you caught on to those six attributes there and use those as takeaways today. Just a reminder what they were. They were perspective. They were resilience. Uh, the third one was gratitude. Self-compassion, faith, and forgiveness. Those are great starting places for you to work a process yourself. You can get her book. You can get her book on Amazon. You can go to her website, kathystuder.com. We'll have links in our uh, website, pathwayofpromise.com, for you to connect up with those as well. And one other thing I thought was really a cool analogy, how she used the term atsugi, the Japanese art form, where broken pieces of pottery were we put that back together to create a new whole art form in which the seams and the broken places are highlighted and the cracks are enhanced as a part of the whole new work of art. So you are broken, but you're beautifully whole. What a great analogy there. Check around her book and her website, kathystuder.com. Here at the Path, here at the Power of Promise podcast, my name is Dr. Brad Miller. I come to you out of a life of Christian ministry and a life of being passionate about life transformation. We want to do that. You can go to pathwaypromise.com. We've got a free gift for you there to help you get some tools in your life to uh, help you find your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. And we interview folks and we have lessons and teaching here on our podcast on a regular basis to speak into your life, to be a voice of encouragement. So I hope you'll join us next time here on the Pathway, here on the Power of Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Until next time, friends, I just want to encourage you to keep your promises because there's power in a promise kept. Thanks so much for taking the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. As a subscriber, you'll be a vital part of the Pathway to Promise community. Visit us on the web at pathwaypromise.com. Until next time, remember to stay on your Pathway to Promise.